Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello and welcome. My name is Katie Harmer and I'm a Yale College undergraduate and an event intern with the Yale Sustainable Food Project. Here with us today is John Baricelli, chef and owner of Sono Bakery in South Norwalk, Connecticut. Welcome, John. Thank you. Word has it you are a third generation baker. How did you get started baking growing up, and how did you decide to go into baking professionally? Um, well, I, I met my grandfather. Uh, he was alive for the first um, 15 years of my life. And um, I actually got to bake with him occasionally at family functions. Um, I never met my great-grandfather, but he was the one that actually had a bakery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And um, I have pictures of it at the bakery. Um, it was a, a, a little push cart operation where he actually delivered pizzas and um, uh, biscuits and, and uh, lots of breads. But anyway, so um, the, the way I got involved was... Um, uh, being in a large Italian family where food was always the center of any event, weddings, funerals, uh, birthdays. Uh, and I was just um, amazed by the quality of food that I ate at my family's house. And then when I would go across the street and eat at my other, you know, my, my, my good friend's house, I was like, how come you guys don't eat, you know, like real Parmesan cheese? And how come you guys don't eat? So anyway, so uh, when I was 17 years old, I was in high school and I lost um, my father and um, basically decided right there and then that I needed to feed myself. And I went to the Culinary Institute at 17 years of age. And from there, uh, fell in love with baking, which I think was in my blood. So um, that's how I basically got involved in food professionally. Uh, graduated the Culinary Institute at age of 20 and moved right into New York City and started working at the hotels and restaurants. How did you decide to open your new cafe, Sono Bake? Company Cafe in South Norwalk, Connecticut, and how is it different from your first cafe, Cousin John's Cafe and Bakery in Brooklyn? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, if I could click my heels and be back in Park Slope, Brooklyn, <laughs> I would be so happy. But um, I left um, Brooklyn to, you know, suburbia for the kids and all that kind of stuff. I ended up in South Norwalk because it was upcoming and, you know, it had a lot of potential. Um, uh, it's not much different except for the fact that um, I, I do a lot more bread, which is really a big love of my um, baking career. Um, I went overseas and studied bread in France and Italy. Um, I was taught by really, really awesome bread bakers. And um, holding that tradition, uh, we still do everything by hand except for the mixing. Obviously, we have a mixer uh, and we have an oven, but everything else is done by hand. So um, I think that the, the big difference between the two cafes would be one was really smack in the city. You know, Park Slope, Brooklyn right now is probably one of the hottest neighborhoods. And South Norwalk, I'm in this old industrial building in, on the outskirts of what could have been a, a nice neighborhood. So they're so far apart cosmetically. Um, the people are very interesting in both locations. But um, I'm going to say that the biggest difference on the, on the culinary end would be that um, we we really focus on bread. We have great, great, great breads. What have been some of the greatest obstacles you have faced in making your career and life in the food world? Uh, I, I don't know if it's an obstacle, but it's a reality, which is the incredibly long, long, long hours. Um, it's really 
unavoidable, especially as an owner. Um, I think we have 32 employees. Um, first phone call this morning, I should say the last phone call before I went to bed was somebody fell and broke their ribs. So <laughs> yeah, three ribs cracked in half. So um, uh, I'm now down a baker probably for a good six months. Uh, and this is part of the reason why I was a little running late today. I'm still trying to figure out what we're doing for tomorrow and going into a busy weekend and on and on and on. So I guess it, the, the most frustrating part about um, the culinary business is uh, is that you really do depend on people, not machines, not computers. You, you depend on two hands and two feet to get your product uh, out to the market. What do you see as being one of the most exciting prospects for people considering careers in culinary entrepreneurship? Um, I think the level of creativity and um, uh, just the, the freedom that um, ownership can lead to um, really, really, really is interesting and, and in the sense that um, there's no limit as to what we can produce with uh, minimal equipment and just really good knowledge um, and great, great bakers and pastry people. Um, I, I encourage people to go into the field if they have um, uh, <laughs> if they have the desire. But I, one of my latest things, like for my children, I always say it's a great hobby. <laughs> it's a horrible profession. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, I wish I could have done baking as a hobby. And 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 lately, I've been wanting to do more teaching and less of um, less baking. But it's a very tough industry, it really is. What advice would you give to someone who wants to open his or her own bakery or write his or her own cookbook? Um, cookbooks are fascinating. Um, uh, a great way to translate information from oneself to, you know, a group of people. Um, I take a lot of pride in my two books. I think that um, we did a great job, um, not only with the matter, but with the pictures and um, the storyline and, and stuff. But um, I, think, I think that owning a cafe is probably one of the most rewarding things when you have a, a great client base and stuff like that. And, and you really know your customers and, and you can be in tune with uh, their needs and the community needs. But again, going back to that um, long hours, um, I, I can't emphasize that enough, that people are, I think, blindsided when they get into business and see that they really do need to work 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. It's, it's crazy. Is there one piece of advice you wish you had received at the onset of your career that you would pass along to a young aspiring chef? Um, no, not really. I, I was um, fortunate enough to work with um, old European chefs or a, a generation that I, I consider removed from... Uh, this day and age, um, they were in their 60s and 70s, and they were teaching me. Now, the people that are teaching the younger generations are, are barely 20 years older. So uh, I felt like I was taught by my grandfather. And as of late, I can see that the teachers, even in the schools, they're all very young. So I don't think they have the experience that I was fortunate enough to get from my um, my elders. Um but listen, in, in any industry, not just in the culinary field, you cannot emphasize hands-on experience any more than in this industry. It's so relevant to your success. 
And I tell people, work a year, change a job, work a year, change a job. You need to see, you need to explore, and you need to um, uh, get out there and see what's being done. And if you're at one restaurant for five or six years in the beginning of your career, I think you're really doing yourself an injustice. All right. Well, that's all I have. Thank you very much, John. Yep, thank you. Hello and welcome. My name is Katie Harmer, and I'm a Yale College undergraduate and an event intern with the Yale Sustainable Food Project. Here with us today is John Baricelli, chef and owner of Sono Bakery in South Norwalk, Connecticut. Welcome, John. Thank you. Word has it you are a third-generation baker. How did you get started baking growing up, and how did you decide to go into baking professionally? Um, well, I, I met my grandfather. Uh, he was alive for the first um, 15 years of my life. And um, I actually got to bake with him occasionally at family functions. Um, I never met my great-grandfather, but he was the one that actually had a bakery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And um, I have pictures of it at the bakery. Um, it was a, a, a little push cart operation where he actually delivered pizzas and um, uh, biscuits and, and uh, lots of breads. But anyway, so... Um, the, the way I got involved was um, uh, being in a large Italian family where food was always the center of any event, weddings, funerals, uh, birthdays. Uh, and I was just um, amazed by the quality of food that I ate at my family's house. And then when I would go across the street and eat at my other, you know, my, my, my good friend's house, I was like, how come you guys don't eat, you know, like real Parmesan cheese? And how come you guys don't eat? So anyway, so... Uh, when I was 17 years old, I was in high school, and I lost um, my father and um, basically decided right there and then that I needed to feed myself, and I went to the Culinary Institute at 17 years of age, and from there, uh, fell in love with baking, which I think was in my blood. So um, that's how I basically got involved in food professionally. I uh, graduated the Culinary Institute at age of 20 and moved right into New York City and started working at the hotels and restaurants. How did you decide to open your new cafe, Sono Baking Company Cafe, in South Norwalk, Connecticut? And how is it different from your first cafe, Cousin John's Cafe and Bakery in Brooklyn? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, if I could click my heels and be back in Park Slope, Brooklyn, <laughs> I would be so happy. But um, I left um, Brooklyn to, you know, suburbia for the kids and all that kind of stuff. I ended up in South Norwalk because it was upcoming and, you know, it had a lot of potential um, it, I, it's not much different except for the fact that, um, I, I do a lot more bread, which is really a big love of my, um, baking career. Um, I went overseas and studied bread in France and Italy. Um, I was taught by really, really awesome bread bakers and, um, holding that tradition, uh, we still do everything by hand except for the mixing. Obviously we have a mixer, uh, and we have an oven, but everything else is done by hand. So, um, I think that the the big difference between the two cafes would be one was really smack in the city. You know, Park Slope, Brooklyn right now is probably one of the hottest neighborhoods. And South Norwalk, I'm in this old industrial building in, on the outskirts of what could have been a, a nice neighborhood. So they're so far apart cosmetically. Um, the people are very interesting in both locations. But um, I'm going to say that the biggest difference on the, on the culinary end would be that um, we, we really focus on bread. We have great, great, great breads. 
What have been some of the greatest obstacles you have faced in making your career and life in the food world? Uh, I, I don't know if it's an obstacle, but it's a reality, which is the incredibly long, long, long hours. Um, it's really unavoidable, especially as an owner. Um, I think we have 32 employees. Um, first phone call this morning, I should say the last phone call before I went to bed was somebody fell and broke their ribs. So <laughs> yeah, three ribs cracked in half. So um, uh, I'm now down a baker probably for a good six months. Uh, and this is part of the reason why I was a little running late today. I'm still trying to figure out what we're doing for tomorrow and going into a busy weekend and on and on and on. So I guess it, the, the most frustrating part about um, the culinary business is uh, is that you really do depend on people, not machines, not computers. You, you depend on two hands and two feet to get your product uh, out to the market. What do you see as being one of the most exciting prospects for people considering careers in culinary entrepreneurship? Um, I think the level of creativity and um, uh, just the, the freedom that um, ownership can lead to um, really, really, really is interesting in, in, in the sense that um, there's no limit as to what we can produce with uh, minimal equipment and just really good knowledge um, and great, great bakers and pastry people. Um, I, I encourage people to go into the field if they have um, uh, <laughs> if they have the desire. But I, one of my latest things, like for my children, I always say it's a great hobby. <laughs> it's a horrible profession. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, I wish I could have done baking as a hobby. And 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 lately, I've been wanting to do more teaching and less of um, less baking. But it's a very tough industry. It really is. What advice would you give to someone who wants to open his or her own bakery or write his or her own cookbook? Um, cookbooks are fascinating. Um, uh, a great way to translate information from oneself to, you know, a group of people. Um, I take a lot of pride in my two books. I think that um, we did a great job, um, not only with the matter, but with the pictures and um, the storyline and, and stuff. But um, I, think, I think that owning a cafe is probably one of the most rewarding things when you have a, a great client base and stuff like that, and, and you really know your customers, and, and you can be in tune with uh, their needs and the community needs. But again, going back to that um, long hours, um, I, I can't emphasize that enough, that people are, I think, blindsided when they get into business and see that they really do need to work 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. It's, it's crazy. Is there one piece of advice you wish you had received at the onset of your career that you would pass along to a young aspiring chef? Um, no, not really. I, I was um, fortunate enough to work with um, old European chefs or a, a generation that I, I consider removed from... Uh, this day and age, um, they were in their 60s and 70s, and they were teaching me. Now, the people that are teaching the younger generations are, are barely 20 years older. So uh, I felt like I was taught by my grandfather. And as of late, I can see that the teachers, even in the schools, they're all very young. So I don't think they have the experience that I was fortunate enough to get from my 
um, my elders. Um, but listen, in, in any industry, not just in the culinary field, you cannot emphasize hands-on experience any more than in this industry. It's so relevant to your success. And I tell people, work a year, change a job, work a year, change a job. You need to see, you need to explore, and you need to um, uh, get out there and see what's being done. And if you're at one restaurant for five or six years in the beginning of your career, I think you're really doing yourself an injustice. All right. Well, that's all I have. Thank you very much, John. Yep, thank you. Hello and welcome. My name is Katie Harmer, and I'm a Yale College undergraduate and an event intern with the Yale Sustainable Food Project. Here with us today is John Baricelli, chef and owner of Sono Bakery in South Norwalk, Connecticut. Welcome, John. Thank you. Word has it you are a third-generation baker. How did you get started baking growing up, and how did you decide to go into baking professionally? Um, well, I, I met my grandfather. Uh, he was alive for the first um, 15 years of my life. And um, I actually got to bake with him occasionally at family functions. Um, I never met my great-grandfather, but he was the one that actually had a bakery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And um, I have pictures of it at the bakery. Um, it was a, a, a little push cart operation where he actually delivered pizzas and um, uh, biscuits and, and uh, lots of breads. But anyway, so... Um, the, the way I got involved was um, uh, being in a large Italian family where food was always the center of any event, weddings, funerals, uh, birthdays. Uh, and I was just um, amazed by the quality of food that I ate at my family's house. And then when I would go across the street and eat at my other, you know, my, my, my good friend's house, I was like, how come you guys don't eat, you know, like real Parmesan cheese? And how come you guys don't eat? So anyway, so... Uh, when I was 17 years old, I was in high school, and I lost um, my father and um, basically decided right there and then that I needed to feed myself, and I went to the Culinary Institute at 17 years of age, and from there, uh, fell in love with baking, which I think was in my blood. So um, that's how I basically got involved in food professionally. I uh, graduated the Culinary Institute at age of 20 and moved right into New York City and started working at the hotels and restaurants. How did you decide to open your new cafe, Sono Baking Company Cafe, in South Norwalk, Connecticut? And how is it different from your first cafe, Cousin John's Cafe and Bakery in Brooklyn? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, if I could click my heels and be back in Park Slope, Brooklyn, <laughs> I would be so happy. But um, I left um, Brooklyn to, you know, suburbia for the kids and all that kind of stuff. I ended up in South Norwalk because it was upcoming and, you know, it had a lot of potential. Um, it, I, it's not much different except for the fact that um, I, I do a lot more bread, which is really a big love of my um, baking career. Um, I went overseas and studied bread in France and Italy. Um, I was taught by really, really awesome bread bakers. And um, holding that tradition, uh, we still do everything by hand except for the mixing. Obviously, we have a mixer uh, and we have an oven, but everything else is done by hand. So... Um, I think that the the big difference between the two cafes would be one was really smack in the city. You know, Park Slope, Brooklyn right now is probably one of the hottest neighborhoods. And South Norwalk, I'm in this old industrial building in, on the outskirts of 
what could have been a, a nice neighborhood. So they're so far apart cosmetically. Um, the people are very interesting in both locations. But um, I'm going to say that the biggest difference on the, on the culinary end would be that um, we, we really focus on bread. We have great, great, great breads. What have been some of the greatest obstacles you have faced in making your career and life in the food world? Uh, I, I don't know if it's an obstacle, but it's a reality, which is the incredibly long, long, long hours. Um, it's really unavoidable, especially as an owner. Um, I think we have 32 employees. Um, first phone call this morning, I should say the last phone call before I went to bed, was somebody fell and broke their ribs. So, <laughs> yeah, three ribs cracked in half. So um, uh, I'm now down a baker probably for a good six months, uh, and this is part of the reason why I was a little running late today. I'm still trying to figure out what we're doing for tomorrow and going into a busy weekend and on and on and on. So I guess it, the, the most frustrating part about um, the culinary business is uh, is that you really do depend on people, not machines, not computers. You you depend on two hands and two feet to get your product uh, out to the market. What do you see as being one of the most exciting prospects for people considering careers in culinary entrepreneurship? Uh, I think the level of creativity and um, uh, just the, the freedom that um, ownership can lead to um, really, really, really is interesting in, in, in the sense that um, there's no limit as to what we can produce with uh, minimal equipment and just really good knowledge um, and great, great bakers and pastry people. Um, I, I encourage people to go into the field if they have... Um, uh, <laughs> If they have the desire, but I, one of my latest things, like for my children, I always say it's a great hobby. <laughs> it's a horrible profession. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, I wish I could have done baking as a hobby, and 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 lately I've been wanting to do more teaching and less of um, less baking. But it's a very tough industry, it really is. What advice would you give to someone who wants to open his or her own bakery or write his or her own cookbook? Um, cookbooks are fascinating, um, uh, a great way to translate information from oneself to, you know, a group of people. Um, I take a lot of pride in my two books. I think that, um, we did a great job, um, not only with the matter, but with the pictures and, um, the storyline and, and stuff. But, um, I think... I think that owning a cafe is probably one of the most rewarding things when you have a, a great client base and stuff like that, and, and you really know your customers, and, and you can be in tune with uh, their needs and the community needs. But again, going back to that um, long hours, um, I, I can't emphasize that enough, that people are, I think, blindsided when they get into business and see that they really do need to work 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. It's, it's crazy. Is there one piece of advice you wish you had received at the onset of your career that you would pass along to a young aspiring chef? Um, no, not really. I, I was um, fortunate enough to work with um, old European chefs or a, a generation that I, I consider removed from uh, this day and age. Um, they were in their 60s and 70s, and they were teaching me. Now... 
the people that are teaching the younger generations are, are barely 20 years older. So uh, I felt like I was taught by my grandfather. And as of late, I can see that the teachers, even in the schools, they're all very young. So I don't think they have the experience that I was fortunate enough to get from my um, my elders. Um, but listen, in, in any industry, not just in the culinary field, you cannot emphasize hands-on experience any more than in this industry. It's so relevant to your success. And I tell people, work a year, change a job, work a year, change a job. You need to see, you need to explore, and you need to um, uh, get out there and see what's being done. And if you're at one restaurant for five or six years in the beginning of your career, I think you're really doing yourself an injustice. All right. Well, that's all I have. Thank you very much, John. Yep, thank you. Hello and welcome. My name is Katie Harmer, and I'm a Yale College undergraduate and an event intern with the Yale Sustainable Food Project. Here with us today is John Baricelli, chef and owner of Sono Bakery in South Norwalk, Connecticut. Welcome, John. Thank you. Word has it you are a third-generation baker. How did you get started baking growing up, and how did you decide to go into baking professionally? Um, well, I, I met my grandfather. Uh, he was alive for the first um, 15 years of my life. And um, I actually got to bake with him occasionally at family functions. Um, I never met my great-grandfather, but he was the one that actually had a bakery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And um, I have pictures of it at the bakery. Um, it was a, a, a little push cart operation where he actually delivered pizzas and um, uh, biscuits and, and uh, lots of breads. But anyway, so um, the, the way I got involved was um, uh, being in a large Italian family where food was always the center of any event, weddings, funerals, uh, birthdays. Uh, and I was just um, amazed by the quality of food that I ate at my family's house. And then when I would go across the street and eat at my other, you know, my, my, my good friend's house, I was like, how come you guys don't eat, you know, like real Parmesan cheese? And how come you guys don't eat? So anyway, so uh, when I was 17 years old, I was in high school and I lost um, my father and um, basically decided right there and then that I needed to feed myself. And I went to the Culinary Institute at 17 years of age. And from there, uh, fell in love with baking, which I think was in my blood. So um, that's how I basically got involved in food professionally. Uh, graduated the Culinary Institute at age of 20 and moved right into New York City and started working at the hotels and restaurants. How did you decide to open your new cafe, Sono Bake? Company Cafe in South Norwalk, Connecticut, and how is it different from your first cafe, Cousin John's Cafe and Bakery in Brooklyn? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, if I could click my heels and be back in Park Slope, Brooklyn, <laughs> I would be so happy. But um, I left um, Brooklyn to, you know, suburbia for the kids and all that kind of stuff. I ended up in South Norwalk because it was upcoming and, you know, it had a lot of potential. Um, I, it's not much different except for the fact that um, I, I do a lot more bread, which is really a big love of my um, baking career. Um, I went overseas and studied bread in France and Italy. Um, I was taught by really, really awesome bread bakers. And um, holding that tradition, uh, we still do everything by hand except for the mixing. Obviously, we have a mixer uh, and we have an oven, but everything else is done by hand. So 
Um, I think that the, the big difference between the two cafes would be one was really smack in the city. You know, Park Slope, Brooklyn right now is probably one of the hottest neighborhoods. And South Norwalk, I'm in this old industrial building in, on the outskirts of what could have been a, a nice neighborhood. So they're so far apart cosmetically. Um, the people are very interesting in both locations. But um, I'm going to say that the biggest difference on the on the culinary end would be that um, we we really focus on bread. We have great, great, great breads. What have been some of the greatest obstacles you have faced in making your career and life in the food world? Uh, I, I don't know if it's an obstacle, but it's a reality, which is the incredibly long, long, long hours. Um, it's really unavoidable, especially as an owner. Um, I think we have 32 employees. Um, first phone call this morning, I should say the last phone call before I went to bed was somebody fell and broke their ribs. So <laughs> yeah, three ribs cracked in half. So um, uh, I'm now down a baker probably for a good six months. Uh, and this is part of the reason why I was a little running late today. I'm still trying to figure out what we're doing for tomorrow and going into a busy weekend and on and on and on. So I guess it, the, the most frustrating part about um, the culinary business is uh, is that you really do depend on people, not machines, not computers. You, you depend on two hands and two feet to get your product uh, out to the market. What do you see as being one of the most exciting prospects for people considering careers in culinary entrepreneurship? Uh, I think the level of creativity and... Um, uh, just the the freedom that um, ownership can lead to um, really, really, really is interesting in, in, in the sense that um, there's no limit as to what we can produce with uh, minimal equipment and just really good knowledge um, and great, great bakers and pastry people. Um, I, I encourage people to go into the field if they have... Um, uh, <laughs> If they have the desire, but I, one of my latest things, like for my children, I always say it's a great hobby. <laughs> it's a horrible profession. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know, I wish I could have done baking as a hobby, and 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 lately I've been wanting to do more teaching and less of um, less baking. But it's a very tough industry, it really is. What advice would you give to someone who wants to open his or her own bakery or write his or her own cookbook? Um, cookbooks are fascinating, um, uh, a great way to translate information from oneself to, you know, a group of people. Um, I take a lot of pride in my two books. I think that, um, we did a great job, um, not only with the matter, but with the pictures and, um, the storyline and, and stuff. But, um, I think... I think that owning a cafe is probably one of the most rewarding things when you have a, a great client base and stuff like that, and, and you really know your customers, and, and you can be in tune with uh, their needs and the community needs. But again, going back to that um, long hours, um, I, I can't emphasize that enough, that people are, I think, blindsided when they get into business and see that they really do need to work 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. It's, it's crazy. Is there one piece of advice you wish you had received at the onset of your career that you would pass along to a young aspiring chef? 
Um, no, not really. I, I was um, fortunate enough to work with um, old European chefs or a, a generation that I, I consider removed from uh, this day and age. Um, they were in their 60s and 70s, and they were teaching me. Now, the people that are teaching the younger generations are, are barely 20 years older. So uh, I felt like I was taught by my grandfather. And as of late, I can see that the teachers, even in the schools, they're all very young. So I don't think they have the experience that I was fortunate enough to get from my, um, my elders. Um, but listen, in, in any industry, not just in the culinary field, you cannot emphasize hands-on experience any more than in this industry. It's so relevant to your success. And I tell people, work a year, change a job, work a year, change a job. You need to see, you need to explore, and you need to um, uh, get out there and see what's being done. And if you're at one restaurant for five or six years in the beginning of your career, I think you're really doing yourself an injustice. All right. Well, that's all I have. Thank you very much, John. Yep, thank you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at www.yale.edu slash sustainable food.